Well, partner, welcome to another episode of our podcast. We got, I'm telling you, we got some great guests here today. We do. Still in the, in the community, dealing with that partnership with our community, even though they work with the Chesapeake County um, Emergency Center, Communications. Communication Center. But uh, again, we got some great folks that are going to be interviewing today, and um, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, we, there's a lot of talk in, in policing, and one aspect of what we do in public safety are our emergency communications officers. Right, it's a really right. stressful job. Um, people have perceptions just like of what we do based sure. on television, um, but it's a 24-hour day, 365-day-a-year job. I mean, they don't get to call out during tornadoes or natural disasters or holidays. They are the lifeline between the community exactly. and whoever they're dispatching to. And, and, and police. I mean, right. again, I recently I had an incident where I had my... Um, um, need to call, of course, 911 for an emergency that I had. So, again, they were very professional. Um, walked me through a situation that I was in. So, again, I'm looking forward to the conversation and the relationship that we have with them as police officers. They're part of our family. Yes, we have uh, two of our emergency communications employees here today. Uh, Mary Benford, who's our programs manager, and Sierra King, one of our assistant supervisors in ECC is how we refer to our emergency communications center it is. throughout this podcast. And... Um, we want them to start by introducing themselves. Let's start with you, Ms. Benford, and tell us a little about yourself. How did you end up in communications? How long have you been there? And where are you from? I originally hail from Prince George County, so I wasn't too far away. I really got into public safety when I was in high school. I started volunteering with the rescue squad, and I really had that love of helping people and individuals, and I just kind of carried that over. I worked as a field medic for a while, and then I realized I really like shelter and bathrooms and <laughs> access to, to warm meals when needed because I worked for Richmond Ambulance. So we were out in the field. We didn't have any stations. So once I saw the job open up for communications, I thought I'd give it a try. And it worked out. I've, I've been there almost 13 years now. Oh, wow. Now, is your family, are you a legacy employee? I mean, did your family work in public safety or was this new to you? You're the first. No, I am the first. First, my stepdad was a firefighter. Okay. And, okay. And, so but no, service. yeah, he did some public safety, but he was not a fan of riding the boo boo bus. So right. he definitely wasn't really steering me in that direction. And how long have you been in communications now? Almost 13 years. 13, good. Wow, good. Yeah, go by fast. Yeah, and the other person we have here is our assistant supervisor, Sierra King. Can you introduce yourself? Yes, um, Sierra King. I've been with the communications department for about uh, six years now. I got into it after graduating from VCU. I was a social work major looking for jobs, you know, out of college and saw this career and thought I could apply, you know, crisis intervention skills, some of the skills I've learned in schooling to the position and um, it's paid off. That's good. So again, in getting into, you know, the position itself, um, and you have to have a passion for people, helping people, and I understand that as in law enforcement. But give me some of the the everyday, just to go through the qualifications first, let's go through the training that you have to go through. Who wants to start with that? So Mary, if one was to apply, had an interest, how do, they, how do you even start that process? So we actually are opening up a process starting June 7th, and it's going to remain open until July 4th. You can go to www.chesterfield911.com, and it'll take you to a link in order to apply. Some of the qualifications that we look for are people that are going to be 18 by date of hire. Now, this process we're going to be looking to hire in October. Um, have a high school diploma or GED by date of hire. 
some of the things that they need, they need really good listening skills. They need to be able to multitask. What we do is very fast paced. It could change at any minute. You could be having a very slow night and then something automatically pop off. So you have to be able to go with the flow. That's, that's important. Obviously, we work with a lot of equipment, computers. You have to be able to wear the, the headset that we use. We also require you be able to type 30 words per minute, which it, it's not that difficult. But if you don't know how fast you type, you can right. get online and just go to like a free typing test and try. Whenever we have people say, you know, what, what do I need to do to apply or what do I need to do? What can I work on? There's not a whole lot that you can work on, but if you do want to see how fast you can type, you can find those resources online just to, to see. We also look for good work history because that's huge. We have people that work eight, 12-hour shifts, and when they're ready to go home, they want to go home. Mm-hmm. And once we have somebody call out, because we always have to staff the center, it affects our other employees. So somebody has to stay if somebody else doesn't come in. So work history is very important. Okay. Um, so that website, again, I really want to get this across to our listeners, is just to fill 911.com. Correct. So simply go there, and, and, and you can apply that process. Now, is that... One time a year, two times a year. How do how do you is that continuous? It's not continuous. Okay. Currently, it we're just going to do this four week session, and then we are looking at doing another process mid October. Okay. I mean, I'm sorry, mid August. And how long is the hiring process? The hiring process can be very long sometimes because of the access and the information that that we see. We really have to vet our employees, so it could take um, anywhere from eight to ten weeks to get hired from date of application because we have to do a very thorough background investigation on you. So you are going to do a background investigation on that person um, before they move forward in the process and before they get hired. We don't hire and then complete the background after they are already in that position. That's correct. Right. Okay. That works. Okay. So now once we, we, we get through the background, uh, you now have chosen two or three people to be uh, coming aboard. Let's go through some of the training they have to go through. So they start off in a new hire academy. We have an amazing training facilitator. It's a classroom environment. That's more Monday through Friday. It can run anywhere from six to eight weeks. It really depends on how many people we have in the academy. After you go through that, you go to on-the-job training. Now, this is where it gets a little tricky. You can be assigned any shift to train on. So where the academy setting is Monday through Friday, Mm -hmm. typically weekends off, when you get on-the-job training, you work the same schedule that you will when you're actually in it and doing the job. On-the-job training, you're going to be sitting side-by-side side and then with a trainer, and then they get farther and farther away. It takes about 30 working days to complete training on phones, and then it'll take a, another 30 days on your radio specialty, and we either train on police or fire. Okay, so you don't have dual training. You either work one side of the house or the other. That's correct. You're either fire or police specialty and everybody is able to answer 911 calls. Okay. So once they get out of the training and they come to the floor, Sierra, do you have a lot of contact with people in training on the floor as a supervisor? Yes, supervisor I do. Uh, we essentially help to oversee the training. The training is done by their trainer, primary trainer, backup trainer. And then we're, at the end of the day, reviewing evaluations to make sure all the marks were met, mm-hmm. that everything is signed off, all paperwork's there, if there are any uh, things of concern, that they're addressed properly and in a timely manner. Okay. okay. And when people are assigned to either the fire side of the house or the police side, who makes that decision? Can they have a preference, or is that made by management? 
management and the training facilitator kind of work together in order to establish what what side of the house they're going to work. It's kind of based on what and how you do in the academy and then our needs on the floor also. Okay. And how many people do you all have working at a shift? It really varies. So day shift, we have at a very minimum of 13. Evening shift, a minimum also of it's going to be 14. And then on midnights, we have 10. Okay. And this, are they permanent shifts? You, if I, if I finish everything, all of my training, and it's on midnight, do I stay on midnight for a year, or how is that? How is it? It really depends on where we need the people. We could keep you on that shift until we do our shift change again, but a lot of times we will go ahead and move you where we need you at that time. Okay. Okay. So I know you said initially that we have an open application process going on right now, and there's a cutoff for that application. If someone was interested outside of the application, do you have a recruiter or somebody they could reach out to? Good point. Yeah, they can absolutely go on that website. There's an email address. They can email me directly, benfordm at chesterfield.gov. I would be happy to talk to anybody interested in applying. Okay, so they can contact you directly or they could go on the website. Correct. So let's get to the juicy stuff. Yes. Because I watch 911. I do too. I watch 911. That's a good show. And I know that talking to people on the phone can be extremely stressful. Yes. Um, why do you like this job? I mean, what is what is up with that? You, you work in 365 days a year. You are missing family events, um, great pool days during the summer. Sometimes missing family events is wow. not a bad sometimes thing. Sometimes <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Yeah. You're right. It's great to have that excuse sometimes. But why do, you, why do you like the job? What makes you continue to do this 13 years and six years respectively? Why have you stayed? And dealing with people at the worst time of their lives, call the 911. You get to help somebody every single day that you go in. And it might be something as minor as helping somebody that needs to find out where to call to pay their taxes or who they need to go to to do pay their utility bill. Or it could be something much more serious. We could be giving CPR instructions over the phone mm -hmm. to help save a loved one. We try to do a lot of recognition for our ECOs, especially when they do amazing work, and they do a lot of amazing work. Right. Sierra? Yeah, I'd say for me, um, it is that, that getting to be there in a crisis, you know, for others, those crisis intervention skills are huge, not only for the citizens, but for our first responders that are actually out in the field um, is a big thing. And your day is never necessarily the same. Right. You never know what you're going to run into. You get to meet so many personalities over mm -hmm. the phone. Um, or in the office. Or, yeah, also in the office. <laughs> also in the office. But uh, it's it's a beautiful thing being able to reach out to your community like that. Well, the relationship that you have with, with first responders. Uh, I know we, I back in the day, um, uh, we used to come over and, and meet some of the voices that we hear in, in law enforcement. And, and I'm, I'm putting that to the point of what do we do together? I mean, you, you pretty much give me a guideline in, in, the, in my calls. Um, yeah, I remember, you know, going on one call and said, this person has a history of, of, uh, of violence. So that you're giving me some, some history of that person. Do you still do that now in, 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 in officers coming over and saying thank you for, for helping us out or thank you for recognizing what I, the situation I was going into? That's what I'm trying to say. 
we see it some now, some stop in. Um, we don't have as many stop in now, now that you know um, certain forms and stuff don't actually have to physically be brought in anymore, oh, so true, emailed. True. Um, but you'll get it sometimes over the phone, you'll get it through a cat message, appreciate that, help on the call. Mm -hmm. uh, so it still happens, I think, to an extent, just in a different format. Right, right, because y'all are family. Y'all are family, that means everything to us. COVID and, has also impacted that a little bit. Yeah. And we know it's a stressful job. So how do you deal with the stress of the job? I mean. Not every incident that comes into your center has a positive outcome or the outcome that you would have preferred. Sometimes um, we don't even we don't even know the know outcome, outcome of the call. Right. What can that can be frustrating sometimes too. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, how, how do you how do you deal with the stress? I think it's important, uh, especially when you have an incident, a big incident happen that you get with you know peer support or you get SISM. Um, we have those available to our people, so that's just upfront. We have that, but also I encourage. All the employees, all of my coworkers, everyone I work with, self-care is very important. I'm very serious about it. <laughs> I don't play any games about it. Um, and I encourage everybody to, to take the time to do that, to carve out the time, to figure it out. And mm -hmm. I always, you know, a lot of us there will help you out with it if you need help figuring mm -hmm. out what to do. For me, it's uh, being able to paint. I discovered in self-care that I enjoy painting, oh, abstract wow. painting. Okay. Um, and so that's one of my things. But reading, taking some time, shopping a little here or there. Before COVID, uh, Richmond's your favorite is a foodie city, so oh, okay. I like to eat, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. go and try in different restaurants, you know, just whatever you can do that appeals to you is important right. because you can't pour from an empty cup. And I do appreciate and believe by that. I got a Christian in you there. Um, asking you family-wise, what, what do you do to you know, keep that bond with your family. As law enforcement, I try to keep my wife engaged in what I'm doing, where I'm at, what things are going on. So how do you handle your family part of your, your job? Uh, for me, it's scheduling. Scheduling okay. is everything. There you go. I schedule in to see my family and to see my friends uh, because we do have a, a set schedule that is demanding and does require of you. Mm -hmm. Just scheduling outside of that to make sure I'm giving everybody time and that I'm getting time with them is, is the thing that works for me. Okay, that's good. Mary, do you have anything that you do to deal with stress? So my husband actually works for the police department, and to talk to Sierra's point, scheduling is huge. We used to keep a shared calendar in order to keep, you know, his court dates and what I did, and we worked various shifts. One of the benefits that we had when we worked shift work is we never had to really pay for child care. That was right. a huge bonus right. because yeah. child care is so expensive. So we worked opposite shifts, and we scheduled time together. As far as doing things for self-care, we were really big on just spending time together, and you really have to carve out that time. You have to be a really good communicator and make sure you're in tune with your family in order to make that happen and work. Well, it's good to hear that both of you have self-care outside of work, right. but also that you are aware and your employees are aware of the peer support program and the other programs, the EAP programs that we have that we want our people to be successful. We want you to have a good work-life balance. Right, right. And, then, and again, not getting specifically about names and all. What's some of the, the, the calls that really you go through and you're like, I need to, I need to sit down and, and talk to my supervisor that a young person will go through? And, and can you share? Yeah, um, we have, you know, you never know what you're going to get. You, you have people who have just gotten shot. You okay. have... Um, people who need CPR, who are trying, you're walking them through CPR on, on their infant. Mm -hmm. um, you have people who walk in and their loved one has 
committed or attempted suicide. Uh, and it can be right after you take a, a barking dog call. Right. Oh, so wow. the, the lows to the highs, I think, are what probably grab people the most and shock you the most. And mm. that's something that you have to be prepared for. There are ways to deal with it. But just be prepared. And is that part of your training that you do, or are you are you looking for that person that can handle situations of stress, and then and then and then coming back to re, you know? That's a little bit of both because you don't know how you're going to react to a situation until you're actually in the trenches with okay. it. Mm-hmm. We are a huge family because we do go through tragic incidents, and we really have to use teamwork in order to get through some of the the incidents. We we work together. We look out for one another. Everybody has everybody's cell phone number. You call and check on them after something like that happens. But that's that's very important to us. We also have other partner agencies where if something happens that is involving our center, we can call from outside resources in order to come in and kind of help us through it. Now, we're going through a new system, um, if you don't mind bringing that up. Yeah. I think I had training on it the other day. You think you did? I, I think I did. Yeah, I'm so glad I retired because I don't have to deal with it. Right We've now. had a reconfiguration uh, of our beat structures exactly. and, and opening up our Fallon Creek Station. Exactly. Now, how is that? Is that going the way you want? And again, not saying it's bad or good, but how are we adjusting to that as far as our, our dispatchers and sending out officers? And, and It's an adjustment, but because we're all going through it together, I think we're able to find kind of common ground. An officer might forget his new... His call new call sign. sign. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> I wasn't trying to call you out. Okay. That was me. <laughs> yeah. And the new beat structure. I mean, that's that's new for everybody, too. So we're all kind of in it together. We're really excited about the new CAD system, the computer-aided dispatch system that we use. It's a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Okay. But ultimately, I think it's going to be for the better. We love technology, and it's able to help so many people, so we're excited about that. So we're seeing more and more larger police departments go to this system. Are we just getting aboard now? I think the deal is we are seeing more and more departments go to it, but a lot of places that are still has potential growth. Okay, okay. It's for planned growth. So if you look at one of our beat maps, it may say 74, and the adjoining beat could be 68. But because we know that that area can become more dense in the next two years, mm-hmm. we have to account for that. Okay. I, I laugh when Mary talked about the uh, not knowing the unit number. I called in last week, a week before last, right after this started, <clears throat> on a service channel because I didn't know where I was at. I knew where I was at physically. So I said, <laughs> uh, this is 9804, and I'm not sure where I'm at, but I'm out with this disabled vehicle at 288 southbound. And the dispatcher had been there a long time, and she's like, well, I know where you're at. Are you asking about what radio channel you should be <laughs> on? I'm like, yeah, you, you're, you're right. So right. it has been a learning curve, but I think it's good for growth of the county and, and continuity is. of calls for service yeah. and response. And I, I think like the younger officers will adapt to it quicker oh, yes. by far than, yes. again. People who've been in 20, 30 years, yes. Yeah. Thank you for that. But we will all learn. Yeah, we will learn. Well, do you all have anything else you'd like to add about this position or you'd like Alyssa's to know about the jobs you do? Absolutely. We are hiring, like I said, starting June 7th, so that's right around the corner. We're very excited. We want as many people to apply as can. We've got some great benefits. Career development opportunities and positions to move up are always opening up, and we're really excited just like Sierra said, she's been here six years and she's already an assistant supervisor and she's excellent. We are so happy to have her on our team. We also have 
paid time off, tuition reimbursement, VRS, the, the retirement system insurance. Yeah, there's a lot of benefits to it. And they have to be 18. You have to be 18 by higher date. So okay. if you're 17, you can apply. And then as long as you're 18 by higher date, we'll, we'll work with that. This is a, a little bit of a change, but we're trying to get a broader pool of applicants. That's good. That's, That's good. good. I mean, you, they good. can start a retirement, Virginia retirement system, system. Yep. deferred compensation, pay time off. Um, yeah. A lot of benefits that come along with exactly. this. And, and Mary, can you tell us what the starting salary is? Yeah, the starting salary is 38209 and that's really not bad, especially if you're coming straight out of high school. Right. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's With good. benefits and everything else. That's great. That's really good. Well, we appreciate both of your time today. Um, I'd like for my listeners to know, or our listeners to know, they can go to Chessville911.com. That's Chessville911.com to apply for the emergency communication officer's position as well as ChesterfieldPD.com to apply to be a police officer or a police service aide with the department. Awesome. Darryl, I again, another, another one, another yes. great podcast and talking to us, part of our community. Again, the um, Emergency Communication Center, of course, is part of the police department is our lifeline. And we appreciate and, you all coming yeah, in. We appreciate you the job you do. Yep. You know, we know it's stressful. Well, thank you awesome. for having us. Thank you for yeah. having us. Keep doing what you're doing.